Oh my God, I'm so excited to have my next guest. She's amazing. She's like the best nurse I could ever find for you guys because she's hilarious. She's super dedicated and she's also a business owner. Um, she has a nursing background, but she also helps bloggers get their blog plans out, get it out to the world. And uh, she posts amazing, she, I mean, she used to post nursing memes that were hilarious, but uh, because of how 2019 is, um, I don't have to say more, right? But um, <laughs> very excited to have the very beautiful, hilarious, super resilient and smart Margaret. She's amazing. Um, you're, I think um, you guys are going to really enjoy her because she's professional, but she knows how to have fun. I love her sense of humor. Um, and Margaret Ola is a founder of Potter and Inc., a content studio that helps coaches and consultants develop content marketing strategies to fill their programs and sell their services. She's also a registered nurse who works on a postpartum unit in a busy downtown hospital in Minneapolis. And um, she's just superwoman, basically. Welcome, Margaret. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I am doing absolutely fantastic and I'm trying to keep warm. Awesome. Oh my God, how many, uh, is it snowing out there where you are? You know, it's not snowing, but we had to move our cars off the street so that the crews could work on getting the eyes off the pavement and, you know, just try to prepare for what's going to come next year because I think we got the snow early this year, so, oh, yeah. man. Um, why did your, I'm going to just ask this, because why did your parents pick Minnesota when they moved from Nigeria to here? You know, I, I ask myself that question a lot, <laughs> and I don't think I'm ever going to get, like, a, you know, a real answer to that. But I, I should say, um, um, my dad actually settled in New York first, um, and he wasn't and he, really... what? The, yeah, sorry. he was in New York. Sorry, well, it's expensive, I will say that, because you have, yeah. like, how many siblings do you have? Three? I have two. Two, Okay. Okay. And they're yeah. all freaking successful. Can you shout out your siblings? I just want to show people how freaking amazing. They are. <laughs> so my brother went to school to be a chemical engineer. Holy shit. And then... <laughs> no, he's I mean, not. Oh, sorry, ladies. <laughs> Don't flood her inbox. Okay. You know what's insane? Oh my God, Margaret, I have to tell you this. The dentist that I interviewed, I told him um, this episode was going to bring the pee. And guess what? Like girls were p private messaging me to connect them with him. Are and I actually kidding? connect with him. I'm serious. So, okay, oh. he's married. Um, but, Margaret, are you single? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Okay. I'm just saying, after the podcast, it might be a, uh, uh, different. So. <laughs> well, maybe you should add that to your list of things you do on your resume. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, um, but you said maybe, so I don't even know how I can shout out. Okay, sorry. What, what, what does your other sibling do? Um, my sister, you know, that's very funny. I think she, um, she got she got her degree in business marketing and education, mm -hmm. and then she helps this company do marketing online, and she manages some of their. Um, online presence and um, property and how to monetize it you know it's really interesting it's kind of similar to what we do in an online space but Ooh. I really don't know what she does but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but either. she makes money and then she loves doing what she does yeah but you do it better 
<laughs> maybe better siblings. You know, actually, I'm an only child, yes. so I. The funny thing is, I don't understand the sibling dynamics. I lived with my cousin for like five years, but it's like I. I guess I don't know where to draw the line with people, but I guess. The, Comedy, right but okay let's talk about you and nursing so how did you decide to go into nursing I actually never liked to be a nurse I, I the the idea of being a nurse was so foreign to me because when I was younger I always mm. loved writing mm. I wanted to be a journalist I wanted mm. to uh, be on TV I wanted to be on radio I wanted to interview the people that I thought were interesting mm. I had dreams of having Oprah on the couch with me I wanted to interview stars in the red carpet. Mm -hmm. And all my life, I worked towards that. Mm. But when it was time to come to the United States, I actually started my, my, college, my college education in Nigeria, because that's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I started my college education in, as a mass communication student. Uh -huh. And I had gone through the first semester. And then the second semester, we were about to go in the ra into the radio stations for um, our practicum. Uh -huh. And um, the first semester was more of like the writing and we went out to source for news items and we managed the school newspaper. Uh -huh. um, so I really loved that. But then the second semester came and I was really excited to do voiceovers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we had to come to the United States. Wow. And um, I said, okay, fine. That's not a problem. I'm closer to Oprah. You know why? You know, let's just do <laughs> I it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I started hearing people say, you know, um, you got to be a nurse because nursing is where the money is at. Very true. Very true. I, yeah. I can see I can see why they said that. It was in 2007, 2008, where we had the meltdown. Perfect. The yeah. Yes. So yeah. people were saying, you know, don't do this. This is what's going on right now. A lot of people are going back to school to get nursing degrees because the um, stock market just crashed. The housing market is, is trash. Um, there are a lot of people who lost their jobs. So white collar jobs are not safe right now. So mm -hmm. you've got to get something that's going to be secure. So that's when my parents said, you know, I know you really want to do this. I know you have a flair for this. Mm -hmm. Why don't you get something that would, you know, financially, you know, secure your future, then you can finance your passion and what you want to do later on in life. Mm. Yeah, that's how I decided on nursing. That's amazing. So uh, what's your favorite nurse joke or favorite funny nursing situation? Oh, my God. Oh, I, I've got tons. I've got tons. You need to um, post more memes. You know, just start an anonymous Twitter account and just because it's so funny, guys. Margaret is hilarious. I've got tons. So I guess this is gonna be. I, I don't want to curse on on, on on the interview. Dude, okay. Profanity is encouraged. <laughs> Profanity is encouraged on this podcast. Uh, but really, if ask any nurse, there, there's not there's an endless supply of shit jokes mm -hmm. like poop yeah, jokes. I love it. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And, um, you know, things that not normal people get offended by and don't mm -hmm. want to talk about, you know, mm -hmm. in high class situations, we mm -hmm. just talk about it. We, we, I love it. we can't not talk about it because we lose our jobs if people don't poop. <laughs> that's just the reality. You got to shit. You got to take a shit. And that's how we, we ask you if you farted every day. I had one patient three days in a row and he was like, are you going to ask me if I took, took a shit? And I'm like, yep, I'm going to ask you. He's like, don't worry. <laughs> Nothing happened yet. <laughs> so, oh my God. So, Holy um, shit. Can I just take a laugh? <laughs> oh 
my god. It's <laughs> okay, sorry. I need to do the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you're so funny. Holy shit. Um, okay, nursing, nursing. Okay. Um, what is like a day in the life of a nurse? And you, you do like postpartum now? And, like, yeah, I do postpartum now. Yeah. So, I used to be a medical surgical nurse. Oh, and basically, my life involved me get, getting to work working with about five patients. Uh, somebody just had an appendectomy, somebody just had a spinal fusion, another one had a, a knee surgery, and it involves keeping them uh, not pain-free. Get this now, everyone listening to this, thinking you can come to the hospital, thinking you want to be pain-free. <laughs> not pain-free, that's, gonna ha- that's not going to happen. But pain tolerable to the point that you can do certain things by yourself, and then we can discharge you to rehab or to therapy, not pain-free. But the problem is when people come to the hospital, they want to be pain-free. And we don't have the power to do that. We can fix that. Um, so keeping everybody comfortable, because guess what? We are your lunch ladies as well. We are your ice cream ladies and your apple juice ladies. Um, if we don't get those things on time, we get complaints about the hospital, about the service that you received. Mm-hmm keeping you out of trouble, keeping you well-fed, making sure that your heart rhythm is stable, making sure you don't die, mm-hmm. making sure your families are happy That's because important. you have new gowns. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you, I'm kind of sarcastic a little bit, but this is I love it. what, a, I freaking what love a nurse does, try <laughs> to keep everybody happy and at the same time do the things that we are paid to do, mm-hmm. which is keep you alive. And keep all the things life, that guys. come added to all the add-ons don't come with it. But we do it because that's what makes you think that you got good service. It doesn't really matter if you are here for um, pancreatitis and that actually resolves. All that matters is we have to keep our patients happy. Mm. Okay, now I'm being sarcastic, but let me oh. tell you what nurse. <laughs> so that's just that's well, maybe that's the bitter that's the bitter part of me, you know, trying to rant and be like, oh, me too. I, so I love it. I like I wish people would understand that this is what it really looks like. Mm-hmm. But basically, nurses don't just take care of the medical issues. They mm-hmm. take care of you as a person. They see you as a person. Mm-hmm. Meaning yeah. if a nurse, if you, if a patient comes into the hospital and we are doing all these therapies to keep you alive, mm-hmm. we have to think about the social dynamics as well. Meaning mm-hmm. when this person goes home, can right. they maintain the level of care that we are wow. having them on right now? So okay. we think about the whole picture mm-hmm. and then we demand, oh yeah, we do demand sometimes with demand and we ask for social interventions like we ask for a social work consultation mm-hmm. wow. if you need some services when you go home or if you need referrals to see other people uh mm-hmm. whereas the doctor comes in and sees you for 10-15 minutes tells mm-hmm. you what the care what the plan of care is mm-hmm. but we have to determine if that is feasible for the mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle you live outside the hospital mm-hmm. so that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. So um, what do you think of like the different nursing units? Like, I, I know I'm just going off the cuff. I'm just curious oh, that's what fine. your thoughts are. Like, uh, what do you think of ER people? And is it NICU or? There is the NICU. There is the NICU. There is the MICU. The NICU is the neonatal intensive care unit. And the MICU mm-hmm. is a medical, not for adults. The NICU is for babies, but the MICU 
medical intensive care unit is for adults basically ICU is for babies and adults and then mm-hmm. ER everybody knows what ER is if right, you, right. you watch the show you know <laughs> yeah. so what do you think of the nurses over there do you feel like nurses have different personalities like in different units absolutely yeah what are um, your thoughts like what are ER nurses like ER nurses are just adrenaline junkies mm. they just they just come on the floor and they are just ready to deal with anything, mm-hmm. uh, any train wreck. I'm sorry to use that word, mm-hmm. but go to major like um, emergency hospitals. Mm-hmm. What comes through the doors are just sometimes some tragedies. Just think about what happened this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Think about what happened in 2019. Those people, those ER nurses, they have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, they have to deal with the fact that somebody could come in through the doors within barely an inch of their life mm-hmm. or somebody could just walk into the door with everything intact, but they could be dying mm-hmm. internally. Right. So they are trained to triage, meaning on the scale of, the, and this is just like, I'm not trying to like do their jobs for them, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to make it simple for everybody listening on a scale mm-hmm. of one to five mm-hmm. is dying right now versus mm-hmm. who can wait three more hours wow and then i mean that makes sense i mean yeah in a way. yeah yeah and then when you're dealing with a system that is overworked mm-hmm. you're dealing with nurses who have to make that decision sometimes in five minutes man so that's why they don't have time uh, to be nice sometimes they which just is good Yes, in a, in a way, I think, because you have to make quick decisions. You have to make quick decisions. Who is dying right now and mm-hmm. who needs to, you know, get a test and some test results don't come back until like two, three hours later. And mm-hmm. you're, I've been waiting in the ER for two, three hours. Well, yes, you can wait two, three hours. Somebody who came uh, after you, yes, they came yeah. after you, but that person can't wait. That's right. why you're waiting because that's because you're not dying right now. Right. Yes. Man, this is this is some deep stuff. So like, um, you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable. Like, but I feel like the reason why I got into comedy was my way of like coping with a lot of death and loss. So like, what do you as a nurse like think of like maybe seeing patients dying or suffering? Like, how how do you deal with it? You know, I think a lot of nurses. Um, don't say this often, but we are affected. We're deeply affected when we lose our patients. Sometimes we really form um, bonds with them, especially when you take care of them over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And we do have resources to help us process our grief. Mm -hmm. Um, Every hospital has um, systems where if uh, a sentinel event happens, you know, an incident happens, they process it. Right now, they call a huddle or a circle mm-hmm. to process it and talk about it, mm-hmm. the people who were affected. And there is a, also another service that is off the unit, you know, every hospital, like maybe EAPs, um, like, like therapy services that the hospital has to help nurses process things. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like chapel services involved mm-hmm. for people who have faith mm-hmm. connections. You mm-hmm. could either talk to a priest or a mom or whatever to help you process that. So there is a lot of support for nurses because we really do want to save people. We don't want to lose them. And for, and you asked me the question a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. for different type of nursing, you know, I talked about ER nurses being adrenaline junkies. They really don't have time. They want to get people to the right place immediately so they can get treatment. Mm-hmm. ICU nurses, they tend to do one-to-one. 
So they oversee every nook and cranny. They see every hair growing out of your butt. I love it. I love it when people like look into my butt. And well, count the hairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for zoning in on that part of my sentence. <laughs> Yes, you can curse on this podcast, Margaret. (laughs) It is allowed. (laughs) Seriously, like they they said one-on-one with a patient. So when a patient is going downhill, Mm -hmm. they're the first people who know about it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Needs to be on hospice services. They're the first people who need to like who know about it, mm-hmm. and they call like the hospice services. The they inform the doctors, the social work. They bring the family together, you know. And then sometimes, sometimes they're part of the conversation of if they want to be organ donors. Sometimes they're not part of the conversation, mm-hmm. but they need to think about those processes and they need to know the numbers on hand. You mm-hmm. know, Right. Things like that versus me being a postpartum nurse where mm-hmm. I get to be cheerful and mm-hmm. congratulate families. And not all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have babies that go downhill super fast mm-hmm. and they have to go to the NICU. Sometimes babies come really early, they're very mm-hmm. premature, and the baby needs to be separated from the mother. So mm-hmm. we have to school our emotions mm-hmm. we have to school our expressions to mm-hmm. reflect what we believe will be helpful for the family at that point oh man that's thank you for sharing that because oh my god that's that just sounds so tough like yeah. for me like almost i don't think i could be a nurse at all just because of that so <laughs> wow thank you so much for sharing i i there's so much oh my gosh we need to do a part two on this interview because oh, it's just so i would much. totally love to do that i'm down for it awesome thank you so um you actually um you, we talked a little bit about your upbringing like um and we actually kind of connected on this like initially more as well because we were both immigrants so like what was it like growing up in like a nigerian household Oh my goodness, growing up in a Nigerian household, definitely the upbringing is different. Mm-hmm. It was more of, um, my parents were a little bit different. So the typical Nigerian society is very, you follow the rules. This is what we want you to do. You respect your elders mm-hmm. and you do X, Y, Z in X, Y, Z manner. Mm-hmm. My parents were pretty much laid back because for some mm-hmm. reason they were kind of modern Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to be the typical heavy-handed family. Mm-hmm. However, here's the caveat. Mm-hmm. However, it's still a Nigerian family. <laughs> and what does that mean? Though? You know what I mean? Because I feel like I can kind of relate because it's like, I think all immigrant families are kind of similar. But can you tell us, like, what do you feel like it was specifically more Nigerian parenting? Because you guys are the most educated group. Well, okay. Yeah, actually, yes. You guys are the most in educated the United group States. in the United States. Yeah. So yes. what do you feel? cause that like what is the what do you guys learn while you're growing up that you told me some stuff over messenger but like uh yeah can you share with like uh listeners like what what do you think is like why why are you guys so successful i guess that's my question so there is a huge and i mean huge emphasis on education mm-hmm. um and it's the fact that Nigerians can be very, very distrusting sometimes. And I don't blame them. There's been a, there's a history of disappointment from government leaders and all that. So they have taken it into, Nigerians have taken it into their hands to be 
the architect of their futures. Hmm. So they want to do everything that they can to succeed. And that's why they would tell their kids to go to school, Mm -hmm. to um, embark on XYZ path Mm -hmm. so that they can um, be the people that they want them to be. And it's not, it's not uncommon for you to be a Nigerian and have your, your family tell you, you have to be either a doctor, a lawyer, Mm -hmm. or an engineer. Mm-hmm. Because um, those professions signify, you know, class and wealth and privilege. So when you talk about class and wealth and privilege to an average Nigerian in a society that sees government as, you know, the other, mm-hmm. um, you, you're talking about families and parents that want to elevate their kids to a status where they can confront government or take over government. Mm, or protect wow. their loved ones. That's amazing. So when you do that, writing sometimes doesn't um, ring a bell when you say, you know, well, do you have enough money to, uh, you know, protest this, uh, this decision that was made if you want to go to court or something. Mm-hmm. So they think that these professions, you know, reflect wealth and privilege. So that's why mm-hmm. every Nigerian is encouraged to go to the highest level of education, to yeah, attain I, the highest level of education. I see. Um, and every the Nigerian family is very huge in respect mm-hmm. and orderliness. Um, it's very, very rare for you to have a family where you talk back to your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare you have a family where you demand gifts just because it's a holiday. Mm-hmm. Most families are just like, well, I give birth to you, so you are my mm-hmm. daughter. That is your gift. <laughs> and that's your present. You are alive. <laughs> Did you eat yesterday? Oh, yes, that's <laughs> present. Um, so it's more of a very realistic view of what the society is, the way, mm-hmm. uh, the way children are raised in the Nigerian culture mm-hmm. versus here where you are encouraged to take a leap dream (laughs) imagine the sky is yours go outside of your comfort zone you know the opportunities are out there the endless um it's not like that for most nigerian families the opportunities Mm -hmm. are not endless and you pretty much have to seize the wheel take the wheel Mm -hmm. and um when you're talking about taking the wheel most creative um careers do not come to the forefront right i understand yeah, yeah. so that's what i can remember but i feel like your parents are sh- i mean okay i don't know your parents they're probably awesome but it's like you have the nursing job i feel like they should be happy and i feel like maybe that's how you go into writing because you have a stable job so it's kind of like hey i did what you why you guys wanted me to do uh and I do what i want so um, like, can you tell us how you started your writing business and uh, what that is like? Oh, it was like, it was like an itch that I needed to scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this itch that wouldn't go until I scratched it. Even your it. itches are productive. So, Isn't that insane? What is it? Like, even your itch is productive. You're helping people write content. Oh, yeah. For oh, my God. I got to scratch that damn thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically... I I started a blog and the blog was was initially called uh, Worship and Swag. Um, most Nigerians are very religious. I, f- I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a very Christian home. And mm-hmm. my goal at blogging on Worship and Swag was to talk about how 
I'm Christian, but I get my lifestyle and I have swag too. So I just mm-hmm. documented um, tits. Um, I said tits. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now our listeners are, uh, now our male listeners are paying attention. Oh yeah. Tip bits. Continue. <laughs> Tip bits yes, about, about my lifestyle. <laughs> about my lifestyle what was going on in my life but I realized that I really started I, I loved writing about you know culture I had this personality and it started as a personal brand and mm-hmm. then it started out as me writing about my journey to what's choosing my career I became a career coach but I was like oh you know, I really hate writing resumes. Mm-hmm. I hate looking at resumes. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned into being a creative coach and just teaching other people how to follow their passions. And mm-hmm. I wanted something that and at some point in time, I wanted something that I could separate from my personal brand that could also stand alone as its own business. Mm-hmm. Like in my personal brand, I could talk about other things, but I didn't want my business, business attached to it. So that's mm-hmm. why I created Potter and Ink, and it's a content studio that is specifically for coaches and consultants that want to talk about, that want to develop content marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. As I have over seven years of blogging experience and being mm-hmm. featured in different media like the Huffington mm-hmm. Post, um, wow. Career Contessa, Addicted to Success, Business.com. And I really have an idea of what it takes to get your message out there and to build an editorial calendar so you can get featured in places that you want to get featured. And you can also nurture your community through emails and blog posts. Mm -hmm. And most business owners or brands don't really have the bandwidth to create that upfront. And they just fly by the wheel of their Mm -hmm. parents, you know. So true. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just need somebody to put a plan together and say for the next mm-hmm. 90, 90 days, this is what you need to focus on. These are 12 things that you can write on. And that's why I specifically created that content studio to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all business. And really it, it was all experimenting and following my itch and scratching it along the way. That's how I developed more clarity mm-hmm. uh, to answer your question in a nutshell. I love that. So um, can you tell us like what kind of clients you work with and uh, what kind of clients you enjoy working with? Oh, absolutely. I, I love clients who already have an idea of what they want to do um, because of the type of service that I offer. It won't take too long. I offer VIP days. Mm-hmm. So if you already have a business, then I don't have to spend too much time bringing you up to speed on what is content, what is email marketing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you've yeah. been in business for like maybe a year and a half. You, um, you are probably in a personal brand business. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an email list and you want to grow your influence online. You want to build your authority online. Mm-hmm. You have a high ticket you know, offer, you sell high-end services, or you want to start selling high-end services, and you're thinking about positioning yourself as the person that people should buy from. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I go through um, your goals, I think about what your product or your services, and we work backwards from there. So Mm -hmm. how much is your product or how much is your service? Okay, then we start walking backwards to who exactly do you want to sell this to? And what are the things that they need to know before they make an educated decision to buy from you? Mm-hmm. So that is laid out in a content plan and, you know, like 
do you need to send emails over a specific period of time? Do you need to have a presence on a particular platform where these people hang out? Uh, so people, and it could be men or women. I typically work with women a lot, but I'm not opposed to seeing a man saying, you know, hey, this is what I want to do for my business. Mm-hmm. I want to attract high-end services, um, high-end buyers for my services. And I would like to create a content strategy that would appeal to them and eventually, you know, convert them from audience members to clients. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Okay, that's perfect. So um, what are your next projects right now? Um, so right now, my next project is um, getting clients for my VIP day services. Ooh, um, tell us about that. So my VIP day services is just, uh, it could be a 2.5 hour intensive or like a six hour day intensive. And basically what it means is that I help you create uh, step by step the content marketing strategy that you need to fill up your programs and your high-end services. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about drilling down to your dream clients, your dream customer who's going to pay you the big bucks to work with you and then figuring out what your revenue goal is, mm-hmm. drilling down on what your top three goals for the quarter is. Because when I make goals, I like to talk to people, Think um, I like to encourage people to think about 90-day sprints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm goals so what are your goals for the next 90 days and then we break it down into tasks and then those tasks have subcategories and then we lay it down so that when you leave the vip day session you know exactly what contents to write you know exactly what you post and you have all the pieces of content that you need created for the next 90 days so that you can convert those people to paying clients Mm -hmm. Um, and you know if at the end of the VIP day session, you're like, you know, I know you give me this content ideas, but I don't have time to develop this content myself mm-hmm. because it's going to be like on average 800, 800 words, 900 words. Then I have a content studio that I actually, where I actually write the content for you. And that's for my retainer clients. Mm-hmm. So, Yes. Um, and that's the other project, you know, if you are, if you want to move on from being a VIP day client and to me actually creating those pieces of content for you, that's what I do. That's amazing. So the best person to ask this. So, um, what advice would you give for nurses who want to start side hustles and maybe something a little bit more flexible so that they can actually retire in peace and not be all dependent on their physical labor? Like what advice would you give for them? who maybe want to start a blog, like, oh my God, I'm scared what a blog is, what an online business is. What would you say to them? Oh, wow. I have a lot to say about that, but I'll try to be concise. Um, There is no better time than now to start a side hustle, to start your passion, to start your business, whatever you think it is, uh, or you want to call it. Um, You, I I don't believe that we are called to do just one thing. Mm. I don't. I believe that you can speak to an audience right now one audience and solve one particular problem right now and do it efficiently because mm-hmm. you're focused mm-hmm. but I just don't believe that you are only meant to do one thing in life mm. and that's one thing that I see mostly in nurses mm. um, nurses have the mentality that you have to care you have to serve and I totally understand and I respect it but it's to the point where we deprive ourselves of um, the things that we need to, to, to make ourselves 
better nurses. And here's what I mean. Nurses are fond of not peeing for 12 hours, <laughs> caring for people. Oh my God. Not yeah. drinking water for 12 hours, caring for people. Mm-hmm. Now, when you actually ask someone who thinks it's okay to do that, to charge fees for providing a service, you can imagine what the reaction would be. So mm-hmm. it's almost like we have this mindset that we can't charge people because mm-hmm. we're supposed to help people. You see what I mean? That's so I, good. I, yeah, I, I totally I get that. With it so for a while. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it for a while. See, I can't charge people because I'm supposed to help people because mm-hmm. we are taught to imagine the other person being in pain and anticipate their pain anticipate their needs that when we talk to pr- prospective clients we anticipate that they can't pay us mm. we anticipate that they have things going on in their life so we discount their services and we discount uh, our services and that we chip in the value mm. so we have a lot of work to do as nurses if we want to branch out and do our own work and one of the things that first things that you need to do is you have to own your own personal identity back you have to take it back mm-hmm. you why don't to- you just coach nurses on business you're so good at this <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry go ahead i just had to yell we have to take you our personal identity identity back because it erodes under you know the the cloak of being of service to other mm-hmm. people we don't see ourselves anymore. We are totally invisible because we want to be the point of whatever it is that person needs. Mm-hmm. So we have to take back ourselves and say, yes, I am worthy and I need to have a business that is the fullest expression of my talent and my skills. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my God. I'm, I wish I could be better at editing so I can just like post this clip and say, like, hey, listen to this, okay? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, this is so good. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah seriously. Because if I go straight into saying, hey, you know, just go take a side hustle, you know, just what are you do good at? Do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk about the fact that when you have a business, mm-hmm. you are basically your payroll assistant. You yes. are your CEO. You are your executive <laughs> assistant. You are your everything Mm-hmm. your website person if i don't talk about being ready to step into that role you can't succeed in that role mm-hmm. so the first thing is to actually come to terms that this is the type of person that you want to be but be- before you become that person you have to acknowledge the fact that you are probably not owning your identity so when you step mm-hmm. into that and then one of the things that i always say is mm-hmm. what are you seeing right now start with what breaks your heart so much that you in fact if I asked you to talk about it right now Mm -hmm. that you are going to start and you can't stop talking about it I'm going to say okay that's good Mm -hmm. now is there any need for this out there is there any need Mm -hmm. for it out there Mm -hmm. um I used to be the person who would say you know as long as you have a passion for it go for it Mm-hmm. But my God, let me tell you something. <laughs> Business, I don't mm-hmm. care what you call it. You can call it heart-centered. You can call it holy-centered. You can call it 
whatever. Like, what if I want a spleen-centered business? Yes, you can call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it comes down to two things, clients and revenue. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those two things, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. So now that I know what your heart is in, I want to know if you can make money doing it. And how can you make money doing it? Do you have people who absolutely are dying to hear about this, who absolutely don't want to make this mistake and will do anything to fix it right now? Mm-hmm. If you have it, then you are, you, you are on the right path to starting a business. Mm-hmm. Again, clients and revenue business, not appearing to be successful on Facebook or Instagram. Love that. I love it. Oh, you say it's so such a good way. Like cuz I feel like you're way more diplomatic than I am. I don't even know how I like I know. I I you know, it's funny because in, to me I'm like uh, to me right now I think I'm being stern. <laughs> but it's you're I mean you're way more just smooth, just a better person, like, like a kinder person, you know what I mean? Um okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> how can how can uh, we work with you? What kind of per- people do you not want to work with also? What's your website? How can we stalk you on social media? All right. So my um, website is potterandink.net. So Potter as in Harry Potter, but not the Harry, please. Um, what, Potter, how did you come up with a name, by the way? Like, uh, you know, everyone asks me that question, how I came up with a name. Potter, you know, when you think about... Um, um, so in Nigeria, there is a food called pounded yam, right? Okay. Pounded yam is uh, you, when you have a mortar and a pestle or a pestle, mm-hmm. and then you literally, it's wooden, and you put some yams in it, and you literally pound it into like a really smooth, sticky paste, you know, like you hit it with, your, uh, mm-hmm. with all your might, and, and it's labor intensive. So you're converting food from one form to another form mm-hmm. so when you really pound the yam and it's smooth and it's it's it, you like mm. the consistency you serve it to people and they can eat it so what i'm doing is i'm taking people on the rough mm-hmm. and i'm making premium business owners out of them mm-hmm. but with ink mm-hmm. with ink that. so that's why i said potter and ink Mm. So my potter, you go into my potter and I do the pounding, bam, 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 with my ink. And then you come out as this person who is absolutely ready to sell your programs and services. Mm -hmm. You come in with your ideas and your checklist and your imaginary thoughts and visions of who you want to be. And you go through the potter and ink system and then you leave with what you need to fill out your programs and become a successful business owner. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, what's your website? So it's potterandink.net, P-O-T-T-E-R and A-N-D-I-N-K.net. And then does and, it, did you have margaretola.com? Why do I think? You yes. Have? So yeah, I, I did have margaretola.com. Like I said, I really wanted to separate it from my, you know, my personal brand because I felt like Margaret Ola could be where I put all my crazy shenanigans. Mm. (laughs) I love it. Love it. You should, have you thought of stand-up? I feel like you'd be amazing. I I really did. I I thought about stand-up. I I, like maybe, maybe two or three times a week. I think about it. I think about it. And actually uh, I've heard that I'm funny sometimes. You're hilarious. (laughs) Oh my God. It's amazing. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And then in terms of like the kind of people that are not, that are not a good fit for what I do for my services, Mm -hmm. I would say if you are in the, um, uh, business of trying to sell $5 or $10 books, or, you know, if you don't have anything that it, that is at least, um, of a $500 value, like a service, we are probably, you are probably, <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are probably not a good fit. <laughs> I love that. That's so clear. I like it. I like yeah, that. We are probably not a good fit. And the other thing that I wanted to say is um if you are in the trying to be like I'm an influencer, I want to know how to attract <laughs> uh, love you. I want to post I don't know how to say this, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you work with me, you will have everything it takes to be an influencer, trust me. But if you are like uh, the typical influencer, um, I'm going to post this for $5 and get five follows and you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I get it. Um, Yeah. Um, If you're just starting your business and you have not proven your expertise, you have no paying clients yet. Uh, if if you have a if you have no paying clients, I can understand. But if you know, but the only way I can work with you if you do not have a paying client is if you have proven expertise. Ooh. Meaning you are not just pulling this out of your butt and right. saying, Okay, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have the skills? Can you replicate this for somebody else? Right. Do do can you describe your dream client or audience? Mm-hmm. You know. If you don't even know who your dream client yeah, is, then, you know, then why, you know, it's like I said, it's a VIP day experience where I work with you and I don't want to spend the whole day trying to bring you up to speed to mm-hmm. what the terminology is. You know, um, if you have an e-commerce business, then I'm probably not a good fit for you because that's a different environment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, we might work together if you want to create content and we can, we can talk about that in my content studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want a magic bullet to solve all your problems and you don't want to do the work, mm-hmm. if you have an MLM business, <laughs> I know I'm pretty much like saying, <laughs> saying no I love to it. all this. It's people. very, sp- I love it. I like how you say, cause I want people who are not a good fit for you to just go away and not waste. Your yeah, time. exactly. But if you want to sell high-end offers to people you want to be a career coach you want to do executive coaching um you are unconventional you're non-conformist you are visionary you're a thought leader or you want to be a thought leader you you're unapologetic about your views um you know you are in the wellness industry you want to be a health coach you want to be a mindset coach you want to be a copywriter you're in a personal development space you want to teach people how to lose weight um, you know, anything that transforms people's lives. Mm-hmm. I love that. Then so, talk to oh me. My God. Boom, boom. All right. <laughs> so I, I think your inbox is going to be flooded uh, with the clients now. Well, um, yeah. make it rain. Or you won't tell me. No, I freaking said maybe, whatever. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much, Margaret, for this amazing interview. You made me laugh so many times. I think you definitely <laughs> need to do stand up. And uh, and do that. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hope to see you on future episodes to come. Absolutely. And we really need to do a part two to talk about how yeah. nurses can transition and get their businesses started. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, then. Bye.